Would you say a word of prayer with me? Creator God, may the fire of your spirit live within us, declaring your glory and inspiring us to work together and for one another. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I imagine many of us have a picture of Jesus we know and love, but also that some of us may be uncomfortable with Jesus. Whether you envision the vulnerable, tender baby Jesus in the manger, the Jesus that brings Lazarus back to life, the Jesus that calms the raging sea, the Jesus that overturns the tables in the temple like me, or have had some trouble overcoming or outgrowing problematic images of Jesus that you may have been taught growing up. I bet each of us has a version of Jesus we naturally think of. But I hope that you will join me in trying to put that aside today as we look at Jesus's first entry into his public ministry according to the Gospel of Luke. In this scripture, we are told that Jesus went home to the synagogue in Nazareth regularly. Think for a moment what it might have been like on that particular day. The synagogue was a buzz with people chatting and bursting at the seams with excitement to see and hear Jesus. The boy who was celebrated even at his birth. The one who they might have seen grow up, this hometown boy, and they wait with anticipation to see if he actually could be the one they had all been waiting for, the Messiah. Could that synagogue have sounded similar to Fenway Park when the Yankees come to town <laughs> and all the Red Sox fans are waiting with anticipation to see if their team can do the impossible. <laughs> but these people in Nazareth this day had been victims of a series of oppressive occupations for generations. First the Assyrians, then the Babylonians, Persians, Greeks, and now the Roman Empire. Could this Jesus from their hometown, their homeboy, actually be the prophet, the change agent, the savior they were waiting for? In a room full of both expectation and doubt, Jesus is handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he finds this part to read. It is short and sweet and right to the point. None of this is new. The people in the synagogue had heard it all before for sure. And they had known and experienced injustice firsthand. But 
Hearing it this time was different. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after Jesus read from the scroll of Isaiah, he rolled it up and sat back down. And all eyes were still on him. So Jesus said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He's alluding to who he is, while everyone is paying careful attention, letting them know that he is the one who will do these things. I've been thinking a lot about first impressions over the last few days. Uh, So of course, I'm thinking about why this is what Jesus read. It's so important to make a good first impression and an authentic one. And here we have Jesus's mission statement, straight and to the point. Jesus is a man on a mission. As you may have heard me say or read in my bio sheet, the importance of justice has always been felt at the core of my being. And the need for justice has been something I've been wanting to fight for as long as I can remember. After seriously considering law school and working as a legal assistant for years, I realized that my call wasn't to work in law, but to be on this mission that Isaiah set forth and Jesus claimed as his own, to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to fight oppression, and to proclaim God's goodness. Working with an interfaith clergy group, I've recently been serving on the Economic Justice Committee, which began the Real Living Wage NYC campaign. We are fighting for equitable pay and asking for the minimum wage to be raised to $20 an hour so that New Yorkers are not only able to survive, but to actually live in a very expensive city. Nobody should be spending so much money on their rent that they have to go to bed hungry night after night. Nobody should have to choose between buying necessary medication or buying groceries for the week. Everyone should have enough. At Middle Collegiate Church in the East Village of New York City, I've worked with a group of volunteers to start a client choice food pantry where anyone can come and pick their own grocery items in each food group free of charge so that they may not have to make as many of those hard choices. And we've started a back to work clothing boutique where anyone can come and find a suit or professional business attire ready to wear so that they can go on those job interviews where they may make more than minimum wage. With members of the congregation and clergy from all over New York City, I've spent freezing mornings and hot afternoons on the steps of City Hall, advocating for better systems of education for our young people. From free universal pre-K and early childhood education 
to important budgeting decisions that would impact our public school system. Things that would stop the school to prison or cradle to prison pipeline that so many of you read about in Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. Jesus's first public act in Luke is giving his mission statement. Jesus tells us who he is, what he will do, and for whom. So for whom poor, prisoners, oppressed, blind, all obviously tremendously important. But I wonder about those of us who aren't any of those things. Jesus is talking about bringing comfort to the uncomfortable places, bringing help to the areas that need care. Pain and discomfort are part of the human condition. How are you living with discomfort? Jesus' mission statement is as much about all of us as it was about the people in the synagogue over 2,000 years ago. And when we admit our brokenness and vulnerability, we not only become God's hands, delivering the promise of good news to those who come in need, but we open ourselves to also receiving God's love. We empathize instead of pity. We walk in solidarity instead of charity. Because we all have areas where we need God's and each other's help. God has hands, and they're connected to your wrists. And although Jesus is no longer here on earth with us in bodily form, we are the body of Christ. Jesus said he was here not for the rich, but for the poor. Not for the free, but for the oppressed. Not for those with 20-20 vision, but for the blind and not for the perfect, but for the imperfect. And that is each one of us. This looks and feels different in every community. There is no one-size-fits-all ministry plan. We're all in a different context, and we must respond to different needs. And just as Jesus connected the scroll of the prophet Isaiah with his life's mission, we're called to continue making these connections, to carry on the mission of Jesus in our setting. We embody the good news for one another and for those around us. It is my mission and our mission as people of faith to make this commitment to proclaiming good news to the poor, release for the captives, and fight to end all oppression and to bind up the broken people and places. And God has anointed you, United Parish. It's been incredible for me to see it over and over for the last four days. The prophet Isaiah talked about what God's justice looked like in terms that were widely understood then, preaching good news to the poor, proclaiming release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I have seen binding the broken in your sense of community, in the ways you encourage one another, 
and in the sharing of meals together, in the conversations with the 2030 vision group, in laughs at the family game night, and in our soup lunch yesterday. I've heard about the tremendous work UP does to learn about and fight to end mass incarceration. I've seen the proclaiming of God's love through the volunteers in the thrift store, and I have witnessed the Hearts and Hands Ministry's creative ways to care for each other through the brokenness that we are each faced with. And I see the joy that you feel singing in the choir, the smiles on the children's faces while they were doing the kick line, and all of our people who come together to carry out the missions and ministries of this church. You are on a mission, and you're doing an astounding job. But together, there's so much more that we can do. There's so much more that we hope for. So please take a moment and dream with me. How do you hear the words of Isaiah, read by Jesus, speaking to you today? What kind of justice do you want to see? What is it that you can uniquely offer? In a room full of both expectation and doubt, Jesus was handed the scroll of Isaiah and found this part to read. And in our expectation and doubt, let's dream together about how we can continue Christ's mission here in United Parish and out in the streets. May it be so. Amen.